Welcome to Sales Velocity TV, where we pull back the curtain on how the top businesses in the world sell more with less resistance. Bringing over 50 plus years of combined sales experience and over 100 million in revenue generated, please welcome the hosts of Sales Velocity TV and two incredibly entertaining gentlemen, Andrew Cass and Aaron Parkinson. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Episode 61 today, and we're digging into the topic of podcasting, which is, uh, I got to say, Aaron, probably the hottest form of media today. Would you agree, disagree? I know we get caught up with social media and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, and that's all fine and good, and we're there, but the podcast game is just unbelievable. I'm going to show some stats in a minute. It's fascinating. You know what, man? It, it's one of those things that you have to play short-term, long, short-term and long-term in your marketing, right? There's a, and this is a sales show, right? We always want to talk about the different avenues of generating leads and generating sales, right? Yep. And as the world is is sort of becoming this next, you know, generation of less focus on the big box media and, mm. you know, the mainstream shows and the news channels, et cetera. And it's becoming more of a, a culture of one-on-one, you know, that's the social media aspect. You know, you can put out ads, you can put out social posts, but when somebody really wants to get to know you at a deeper level, and obviously that deeper level creates credibility and cred- credibility creates sales, you know, there's nothing better than a podcast because it's something that people can tap into from any source whenever they want, live or recorded, get to know you at a deeper level, establish that bond with you and ultimately make a buying decision. And so it's an element that, in my opinion, should be an absolute pillar in anybody's business these days. Right. So two parts here, everybody. So we're dissecting the Joe Rogan Experience podcast today. And the reason being is because it's the biggest ever, but most important because it just recently eclipsed TV. So that's like, to us, that's like a trigger. We want to talk about that. So we're going to do a two-part series here on the show. If you're watching live, there's some stats I'm going to show. You can get it in the show notes at salesvelocitytv.com. But this week's strategy, big picture, how does a show eclipse TV? I mean, that should get your attention as a business owner. Next week, we'll get into some tactics. If you don't have a show and you're intimidated by the tech, you've always wanted to have a podcast or a show like this or both, preferably, we'll get into some of the simple steps on how you can execute, get some tech in place, just get some basic technology like audio and lights and inexpensively to get your voice out there. Because today, audio and video is the go-to media. Video is best. This is why we do a show in video. This is whenever you're watching this. We do it live in our public Facebook group, we feed right in with this technology, which we'll show you next week, which will be pretty cool. I'll show you the you know, the, the, the studio software that we use. We feed right into our Facebook group. It's all linked together, very cool TV style. And then we grab the audio, our team, I should say. And we'll talk about that too, how to build a team around this. Our team grabs our audio and then takes the audio portion and syndicates it into all the top audio platforms like Apple, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, Spotify, all the big ones. And then the video play allows you to sort of have your own TV show, aka YouTube, which I think is as big as TV today also. So there's a lot of different angles we'll talk about next week, but more so the power of podcasting to make more sales and what Joe Rogan has done, like him or hate him, is absolutely astronomical for branding purposes. And if you're watching this, you probably care a great deal about your brand and how you can make it bigger, better, 
more trustworthy, more credible. This is the way to do it. And Aaron, I want to bring this up real quick. By the way, before we kick off, um, if you hear some birds chirping in the background, Aaron lives on a deserted island off like in the middle of the Atlantic. He's he's the only person on the he, There's no population. It's just him and his family. Um, he sees no one. No, I'm kidding. Now he lives in the Cayman Islands. And there's like a whole parrot parade going on out there today. So if you see, if you hear and see birds, is that, or, or are they your pets? I, I didn't quite get that. Well, you my son you. out of nowhere, he decided he wanted to have birds as a pet. So we got two cockatiels, uh, knowing nothing about birds. They're in a huge, I don't think we're even going to keep them because I'm looking at them every day saying, I feel like a horrible human being. These things should be free. They should be flying. Right. So either we're going to build them an aviary in the backyard or, you know, possibly give them to the parrot sanctuary. I don't know. But uh, they're hilarious, and all they do is chirp and sing all day long. Are they in cages, or are they flying around your house? Uh, they're in a very large cage so that they can fly or chill out downstairs uh, in our very large kitchen. Interesting. Well, I, I bought my daughter a baby turtle for Christmas, so I guess at least it's quiet. I have to hear The, the turtle phone. is much quieter. Turtles are pretty quiet, so yeah, those... those uh, the, we we have kids in animal phases, I guess, right? But hey, listen, anything to avoid the dog for me. I know you have a bunch of dogs, but for me, it was yeah, like, you we, know. It's like animal kingdom over here, bro. Yeah, it's like, what is it, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, right over there? <laughs> guys got pets coming out of his closets. Anyways, um, jumping back here today. So check this out. This is why we decided to unpack the Joe Rogan Experience brand. We did this last year, by the way. I don't remember what episode it was, but if you go to salesvelocitytv.com, we also unpacked the TB12 brand last year too, the Tom Brady brand. How does an athlete that's still playing at such a high level have such a successful business of brand, nutrition, exercise, equipment, trainers, facilities, right? I always like to look at those things, right? There's the, when, when businesses break out and do something totally different and unique, we like to talk about it. And you're going to see in 2022 here, whenever you may be watching this, we're going to be dissecting a lot of business models that have just elevated themselves in a way where they stand apart. But check this out. This is – I couldn't even believe this, Aaron. Check this out. Oh, that's not what I want to show. Uh, let me find my Nielsen ratings here. Tell me if you can see this. There we go. I can see it. So, Aaron, check this out. I, I can't even believe that this happened. So the Joe <laughs> Rogan Experience podcast in the third quarter of 2021 – these are the Nielsen ratings, right? This is like you know eyeballs and views. This is data, right? The Joe Rogan Experience, and it is viewers per show in the millions. So what is that, 11 million viewers per show-ish? Yep. yep. The next most pop – this now, this is a podcast. Now, he does video like us. So if you've ever watched the Joe Rogan Experience, he don't – where he is now is not necessarily duplicatable, right? He brings people into a studio in Texas, and they do like a real TV-style talk show, kind of like you and I are doing right now, but we're, we're remote. We're in different parts of the world, right? Yeah, And he does that so that you can get the, the video version as well, so it feels like a TV show. But here's the thing. Television, TV, Fox, MSNBC, CNN, all the top networks. The number one show right now is Tucker Carlson Tonight at 3.24 million. I didn't even know that was the number one show. Then there's The Five, Hannity, Fox News, The Ingram Angle, The Rachel Maddow Show, MSNBC. And there's my, 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 my favorite network of them all, by the way, not to veer off, CNN. Constant negative news has found its way down the bottom. Uh, happy to see that, actually, from my perspective. I'm not a big fan of CNN. Um, but at the end of the day, how does a podcast get to this level where it doesn't only eclipse normal television, but it does it by fivefold? Isn't this incredible? Yep. It's insane. So the power of podcasting, 
Look at these numbers. You may not necessarily have aspirations to be bigger than TV shows and go sign a $100 million deal like I think Joe Rogan did with Spotify or something. He's a entertainer. He's a professional celebrity. He's done this a different way, non-traditional TV, like you said earlier, Aaron, more so into what's the new form of media, which is things like online video and podcasting. This is, here's the key, this is now becoming as trusted or more trusted I would say way more trusted than TV that we came up with. So if you're not in this game, because TV is a little harder to get into, there's production, there's big cost, and it's slower. This is, we're here. Here we are. The podcast has arrived. I think it had arrived maybe a year or two ago. But when I saw a podcast show eclipse a television primetime TV show, it was like the light bulbs went on. And hey, this is the game you need to be in right now. So as a business owner watching this, you don't necessarily have to have a Joe Rogan experience size network. You can be a celebrity in your niche. And you should think about being a celebrity in your niche because it only matters to your niche, right? And getting a show that is well-recognized, very relevant within your niche. I'm a big believer in publishing books as well. I think having a book and having a podcast like this, or just audio. If video is intimidating, don't worry. We'll show you some tricks next week on how to keep it to just audio. There's some great shows that are just audio. And at the end of this episode, Aaron and I will share our favorite podcasts with you guys, the stuff we listen to, business, pleasure, health, wellness, whatever. We'll talk about some of those at the end. But let's talk about how this happened. I don't know Joe Rogan that well. I only learned about him, Aaron. I know your your, your background is MMA He's an MMA guy, so you know him well. I only really started to see the swell last year. Um, 2020, people were saying, hey, you got to listen to this guy's podcast. He gets these huge celebrities on. Elon Musk. I think he had Sylvester Stallone on once. I mean, massive. Bro, think about this. Just stop and think about this for one second. He had Edward Snowden on two years ago. Hmm. Two years okay. ago. Okay. Yeah, think about that. If you go and check out how many views it has, it's like 20 million views. That guy's in isolation hiding from the American government for whistleblowing on the CIA. And wow. Joe had the balls to put him on Zoom because he couldn't get him in the studio, obviously. Right, right. And say, hey, so what did you do? Why did you do it? You know, what were the motivations? You know, did anybody try to kill you? You know, like this guy gives zero Fs about controversy, not because he's trying to stir up controversy, because he's just legitimately curious and he wants to know from an unbiased opinion, what do you got to say? Let me ask you some questions about it. I mean, he's had Elon Musk. He's had Edward Snowden. Wasn't, he's a, had, wasn't he smoking a joint on a show with Elon Musk, I heard? I didn't catch yeah. that one. They were legitimately smoking yeah, a joint on the show. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> because it's his show, so sometimes they're smoking cigars. Public he's TV a, wouldn't have allowed that naturally. No, right? he, he's, a big can, he's a big believer in cannabis. He's a big believer actually in um, experimental – um, you know, LSD, uh, like stuff like that with regards to mental health. Yep. Like he just talks about all the topics that people are interested in, but mm -hmm. you can't get any of that stuff on television. And, and when you do watch it on television, you always know there's an agenda behind it. So you don't really trust what they're saying, right? right. Where, you know, he's bringing on psilocybin experts and LSD experts and MDMA experts, and he's interviewing whistleblowers and yeah, listen, man, at I, the end of like, the day, Aaron, I love the approach because I'm a big believer that you've got to look at things, especially today. I think that, that, that journalism today is probably 
suffering more than ever from a credibility and believability standpoint. No We've question. sort of and lost our way. And it doesn't really mistake. matter politically where you fall, right? My, my, my philosophy is, and an FBI agent had mentioned this once, like a friend of mine years ago, so in the FBI, I said, the way you're successful in my business as an investigator, right, in the FBI, is you look at everything from all angles and you have emotional attachment to nothing. So like when I do research, I look at what the far left is saying. Let's take a CNN, for example. They're far left. I look at what the far right is saying, like a Fox News. Let's see what they're saying. You know, they both go really far to the right and the left. Then I look at what are the whistleblowers saying? Like, like what are the most controversial people saying? And then I just unpack it all, do my own research, and form my own opinion. And that has... I feel like it keeps me grounded and it's a great way to do research and it's a great way to consume content versus just getting everything that's one-sided or one-dimensional. I think that's dangerous today because there's so many conflicts of interest. And what Joe does a great job of is he just asks great questions. He doesn't really take stances. I've listened to about three no, or four of... And, and he's, he's, he's really good at calling people out when they're blatantly lying too, which you also never see that's on mainstream true. media. That's true. Like when he had Sanjay Gupta on the other day, he said, oh why did CNN tell everybody that I was taking horse dewormer when I, when I was actually prescribed ivermectin by my doctor when I got COVID? Why, why, why were they lying? And Sanjay Gupta How about was, this, trying, though? He was trying to avoid the question and he, and he just kept on him. No, no, no. Admit your network was lying about me. He, I can show you right here. He I, pulled up screenshots. He pulled up the videos. This is like a huge guy. This is their medical guy on Sanjay Gupta. And he's like, do I need to sue your your network in order for you guys to admit that you just lie to the public sometimes? The, and he put him right on the spot and would did. not let him off. He did. In fact, matter of fact, that was the first time I watched Joe Rogan because I really follow the COVID narrative probably too closely. I really study it quite a bit. Again, all sides. And um, I was shocked that he had him on. I mean, CNN, in my opinion, is the biggest propaganda I'm shocked of our that lifetime. Went on. He had to know that was coming. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he did and he looked a little blindsided. But I, again, I think CNN is the biggest propaganda machine in the history of America, personally. That's just my opinion. But what they did with the ivermectin medicine story, by the way, ivermectin is on the who's list of go-to must-have medications, won a Nobel Peace Prize. But here's what they did. There's two versions. There's a veterinarian version and there's a human version. Obviously, he wasn't taking the veterinarian version, you morons. He was taking the human version. But what they did is they gaslighted everybody. And they made it as if he was taking the vet. They, they needed to invalidate it because it worked against COVID. And God forbid that narrative gets out there, right? That, 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 that kind of you know puts a monkey wrench in the vaccine agenda. And he goes, but your network lied. Yeah, blatantly. You lied. Like, and he's like... I apparently so he said he's a really nice guy Sanjay Gupta he's just caught in the he's caught in the he's assembly line. In the media yeah. machine right yeah, he's a really you know, he's a but, he's a genuine but, guy nice guy and he he spent two hours with Joe it was a really good interview but you know that, hey he's part of, of the network because I because you would have known he would have had to answer some tough questions so I give him a lot of credit for going I on give Joe him a Rogan lot of credit show, right that's why I say and he's I've a good him, guy I've seen him call out the left the right the middle when they're just blatantly lying because he'll just pull stats up right in his show and go, well, right here it says that, that that's a lie, right? And, and so, listen, Aaron, it's, it's good for society to have tough conversations. I don't think it's good for society right now when everything is a very one-sided, one-dimensional, non-balanced conversation. It's kind of what we're seeing right now. If you look at mainstream flagship media, I follow the money. The money I mean, the amount of money that the CNNs of the world got from Big Pharma in the last two years alone is almost at ha half a billion dollars. I mean, it's black and white. They have to disclose it. You just, you just, you don't find it online, right? So you got to always look at, you know, how the narrative 
goes and is the narrative being funded by groups who need to get a certain message out there. I don't like that that's happened. That's, I mean, it's always happened, but it's really the case more than ever because COVID has become such a hot topic and it's affected us all. But I love the tough conversations. If you're a person watching, you don't love to have tough conversations and you don't love to get facts because facts come with tough conversations. That's just the reality of it. And if you're a business owner and you, you, you don't ask the tough questions and maybe hit some controversial topics, you're not going to be that relevant. One of the reasons why Joe is so relevant right now is because of what you said, Aaron. He asks the tough questions. He has the controversial conversations. And that's, frankly, what, what people want at the end of the day. They want that balance. I agree. Most people, I should say. Some people how Joe got here because I think you know, the purpose of us, of us doing the, this two-part show is really to show people the power of having your own podcast, your own show, et cetera, et cetera. So if you, I followed Joe Rogan for you know almost 20 years now, just because of the the worlds that I'm in and the interests that I have. But you know, this is a guy who started comedy in in Boston in 1988. Did he start in Boston? Know? Really? Yeah, I mean, he's a stand-up comedian. That's is that his, right? His, I see. I didn't know that. Trait. I, I want to. Yeah, you'll tell the story now. Obviously, I'm anxious. Yeah, I mean, he's super good. For friends with like the Dave Chappelle's of the world and because he's a stand-up comedian that's his actual job right so um you know he started doing it in Boston he relocated to Los Angeles in in 1994 you know he he signed an exclusive development deal with Disney and appeared as an actor on a lot of television shows like Hardball and, and I don't know if you remember news radio Andrew I you you uh, by the way Aaron's internet's a little choppy today where he's located I lost you for a couple seconds here you said he he was on a couple of the big networks. So so he actually got started off in, in television yep. in addition to the, the comedy stuff. Do you remember the show's Hardballer News Radio? I think so. I've heard the names. Like Phil Hartman yes. was sort of the lead in those yeah. before he died. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's ultimately where he got his start. And then he added on doing color commentary for the Ultimate Fighting Championship, the UFC, um, in 1997, he's widely considered the best color commentator for mixed martial arts in the world wow. because he's a jiu-jitsu black belt and he also was a taekwondo expert. When he was in his 20s, he won the U.S. Taekwondo Championship and then he actually won the Open Taekwondo Championship, which means at any weight. Oh my so God. he actually won his own weight class and then won the Open weight category for the United States in taekwondo. If you want to ever see something really crazy – Go on YouTube and punch in Joe Rogan hardest kick in history. Joe Rogan has the hardest recorded kick at the UFC Science Institute in history. Is that right? Yeah, and if you watch it, you'll, the sound his foot makes when it hits a bag and how far the bag flies is scary. Hmm. So he is a through and through real martial artist. He lives his life that way. You know, he doesn't want to lie. He wants to be honest. He believes in hard work. He believes in, in you know, networks and friends. And, and that's, what I think, what sort of sets his foundation. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, didn't Aaron, he, he because he comes from the MMA community and people that know your story, you have a very vast MMA background as well, which is why you know all of this. Wasn't did his podcast start off like in the MMA niche and then it did it go broad after that or did he go broad you know, right talk away? About that in, in a second because then he did um, Fear Factor in 2006. He hosted Fear Factor for a few years um, and he finally launched the Joe Rogan Experience in 2009. So this is a really important point: is is you know short term money versus long term money, right? 
So many people, they look at their marketing strategy and they only look at what it's going to do in the first month or the first year. This podcast is 12 years old, Andrew. Wow. Right? You just heard about it last year. I know. know. I've been watching it for six years. I know. I know. Right? But it's been around for 12. He just did this podcast because he wanted a place to talk about the things that he was interested in with people who were interesting. So he was talking about a whole bunch of stuff. He was talking about conspiracy theories aliens, um, psychedelic drugs, um, you know, MMA comedy. He's had almost every major comedy star on there and they talk about comedy, politics, history. Like he's a super well-educated guy and he just wanted to have a show where he could just talk about what he wanted to talk to. He was very authentic, right? Just vent. He just was authentic. You know, he just, he thought it would be funny, smoke some weed, talk to some people about (laughs) some interesting stuff and see what happened. Right. Right. And I think that's what makes him so believable. Kind of like the rock, Like so many people love the rock because he's just, he's quote unquote, a normal guy. You know, he got cut from football teams. He had seven bucks in his pocket. That's why his company's called $7 productions or seven buck productions. You know, I know his roommate from when he got cut from the Calgary Stampeders in the CFL, you know, he's just a a quote unquote, normal guy that made it. And he's always said that Joe's just a normal guy Mm -hmm. with a good foundation. Right. But he started the show in 2009 and I believe it was yeah, last year. It might have been the year before. He signed an exclusive deal with Spotify for $100 million. Now, let me stop you. Because again, looping back to business. This is a podcast. This is not national TV. This is not Fox, CNN, MSNBC. This isn't even cable TV. This isn't even a Netflix deal. I mean, nope. that. but just to give you the, just to stop and keep you grounded on the power of your voice in podcasting. Go ahead. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that he was on all the usual stuff like us before, right? Yep. He was on the YouTubes and the Stitchers and the iTunes and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and a lot of people, when Spotify signed this deal with it, they said, are you insane? Now they're saying it's a steal of the century because look at the amount of people on that Nielsen rating that are watching this show. Amazing. Right. And they're running ads on it. Yeah, they're yeah, they're exclusive, you know. And just to give you some context, right? If you were on YouTube and you were doing this, yep. for every million views you get, you make about seven thousand dollars on ads, in ad right? Revenue from YouTube, mm-hmm. right? So before he was making, you know, if he's getting five million views a show, he's making thirty five thousand dollars in ad revenue. He's an investor in on it. Mm-hmm. I hear you, buddy. Aaron. Andrew, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, you were good. I think that you, uh, on your side, it might look worse than it does on my side. You're, you're good. I'll tell you if you're not good. Okay. So, Andrew, you're a big health and fitness guy. You're familiar with the company Onnit, right? Yes. Right. He's an investor in Onnit, amongst many other things. So you often see him wearing an Onnit shirt, right? So Onnit was getting huge publicity from the show because he always had an Onnit shirt on, and that grew that business, and he's got a couple other businesses that he talks about growth. So he, he was constantly marketing his own businesses, mm-hmm. building his own profile, getting people to sponsor the show, mm-hmm. making commercial money, making ad revenue money from YouTube. He was doing just fine. He didn't need to go exclusive with anybody because he just kept building his audience, having fun, drinking beers, you know, talk, smoking weed, talking to people. And the audience just kept growing and growing and growing because it was such an interesting show. Right, right. And then Spotify said, look at this asset. We're going to lock this down for a hundred million dollars right now. And he was like, okay, cool. If you want to sign me that check, no problem. Okay, right? cool. <laughs> hundred million dollars. Right? Like, Sounds like a good idea. 
yeah. So, you know, he still does his UFC commentary. He still does mostly all the pay-per-view shows because he's a big – he's a super fan and he's the most educated guy in that space. He's still got all of his investments. Now he's got $100 bucks from his Spotify show. Wow. And, and honestly, he talks about how when he goes home, his parents and his kids still look at him and go, you're still the same idiot you've always been, right? I mean what this guy does is he hunts – his own meat because he believes in that that world. You know, he constantly hunts his own elk and cooks it for himself. He, uh-huh. he you know, he he works out two hours a day. He, you know, he reads a ton. He studies a ton. You know, he's just a normal guy that's getting these amazing guests on and asking them the things he's interested to and calling them out on their bullshit. You know, when they're when which they're is, lying, which is a good thing because we need more of that today. Which we need more of. And at, and at the end of the day, just his authenticity. And just being himself is what makes him, you know, relatable and believable and, and probably the most trusted news source on the planet right now by people who are in the know, which is great. Right. Yeah. And he, I mean, he just did a couple episodes with guys that you're big fans of Robert Ballone, who, who developed the MRNA, um, another doctor, I can't remember, really, Dr. McCullough. really wanting to, you know, he wanted he wanted to get his own questions answered about big pharma and vaccinations and blah, 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 blah. Conflicts of interest, transparency, you know, things yeah, that he matter. Just, he, he just wanted to he wanted to understand it better. Yeah, he just wanted you know, to unpack it. He didn't take a stance. He just unpacked it. He just wanted to unpack it. Yep. And those episodes have gone crazy. I mean, they're being shared and viewed like nothing I've ever seen. The Robert Malone podcast, and we'll, we'll talk about how this translates to you in business in a second. The Robert Malone podcast, I've listened to twice, which means I've spent six hours because yep. I, I genuinely am concerned and want to understand every single aspect of the science and the narrative and the conflicts of interest and the transparency issues and the legal issues that surround COVID. There's many. Um, fascinating, right? But a great question asker, just really digging down with good qualified people and asking them questions. And, you know, some things, some things maybe people will believe, some things they won't. But, you know, what I loved about that one particular episode was that Dr. Malone is so thorough and so thoughtful. Um, nobody cites more scientific data and events in situations than he does. So he's a real believable guy because he's an insider. He's a true vaccinologist and he's really been part of this game early on. So that's a great one. And that was really, you know, the second or third one I ever watched, Aaron, because I don't know him that well. I listen to, in the podcast, I've also been a little intimidated because when I see three hours and two hours, I'm like, ah, right. It's like, and he does that. He's a, so it's a different model. His two and three hour conversations is not the normal podcast model. The normal podcast model is I've seen from 15, 20 minute, quick little bites on the low end to like an hour on the high end, maybe two. You and I yeah. try to stay within about that 30 to 60 minute window. So we'll talk about that in a minute too, because yeah, there, there's a great lesson there though, right? Right. He's doing it for himself. He always has for his own interest and his, he, and he, he, it's well said he is, you're right. You know, he might, sometimes they're an hour, sometimes they're three hours. Sometimes he's drinking beers with them. Sometimes he's not. Sometimes he's not looking he's at the clock there. because when he's done, he's done. Yeah. He, he, he's there for, he's there for himself. Right. And, and that authenticity it's very similar with you and I. We get on the day before and we go, what do we want to talk about tomorrow? Right? And then we go, okay, let's talk about this. Right? And sometimes we're on it. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we go off on tangents. Sometimes we don't. That's the beauty of having your own show is it's not this scripted, boxed in, agenda driven bullshit that comes from the standard media. It's what we, what we are interested in, what we believe in. And that's what makes it so easy for, for our listeners and our viewers to start their own show. Because there's no rules. The other thing to piggyback off that is sharing your perspective. What I think builds credibility, trust, and obviously a community or a viewership or a customer base 
is when people feel like they can get to know you a little bit. People will always do business with people they like and trust versus big companies. And a podcast is a great way to get your voice out there and share experiences. Most podcasts are interview-based. You and I took a different approach where it's just two guys talking. His is interview-based. He doesn't just talk to the, to, the, to the camera. He brings on experts and he interviews a lot of people. So there's a, a lot of different formats. Um, I like a blend personally. So if you're a business owner going, oh my God, I, where do I begin? It, do I do it just me? Like Russell Brunson, for, for example, does a, a Marketing Secrets podcast and they're like 10, 15 minute bite-sized podcasts literally of him on his way to work. He just grabs his iPhone Puts the, it's a podcast, just audio, puts his ear pods in. You can hear some of the background noise sometimes. He doesn't care. He's being himself. He's authentic. It is such a likability play. And he's usually just sharing like one tip, like, hey, I'm on the way to my office and we're working on this sales funnel today. And we got this team coming in to do video production. And, you know, here's what we're trying to achieve with this. And it's really just a look over my shoulder, quick 15, 20 minute thing, no guests, right? Here's you and I on our show, pushing year two, episode 61, we just, we know each other for so long. We just like to talk shop when it comes to sales and marketing and business growth and scaling. Joe's a big interview guy. You know, some of the podcasts I listen to, which we'll talk about in a little bit, are all interview based. And then some are just one-on-one, right? Like Russell's, where you're just sort of talking about something you found, uh, a journey, a discovery, right? I mean, a lot of them are story-based, right? There's a lot of ways to play it. My back is killing me, man. I just tweaked it back to a deadlift this morning. I'm trying to get comfortable. If you see me all over the place, hold on one second. I, I, I was you know, doing my X3 deadlifts, and I'm like, I think my, my, top, my top weight right, was like 360 at the, at the highest point. And I'm, at 48, that isn't feeling as good as it did at 38, I have to tell you. <laughs> Anyways. So, um, so yeah, different formats. Let me yeah. tie some of this a little bit together, Andrew, for those people that are like, why are we talking about a podcast? Like, what, I'm still not understanding the connection with my business. Right. That's okay. where I want to go next. Exactly. What I mentioned earlier was that Joe's trade is stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Okay? You can go and look up any of his stand-up comedy specials in all the usual places. Okay. He does a lot of stand-up comedy at the Comedy Store in LA, right? Which is a you know, as a mecca for stand-up comedians, everybody gets their start there, et cetera, et cetera, right? Joe Rogan's comedy, in my opinion, is good. It's not excellent. There's other stand-up comedians that I like better than Joe Rogan, even though I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan. That's just my unbiased opinion. He's good. He's not amazing, right? There's other people I prefer, right? But he is now selling out entire stadiums. Is that right? For his stand-up comedy, because of his notoriety from his show. Mm. This is what's called the multiplication effect now. Correct. Now, people would – like in the beginning, people just went to his show if they had heard that he was good. Then more people went to his show because they might have been UFC fans and he was always doing the color commentary. Sure. So it was that name association. Oh, let me go check out his stand-up comedy and see if he's any good. Then the Joe Rogan podcast came out. And now he's literally selling out 16, 17,000-person stadiums for stand-up comedy, um, more so before COVID. Now that it's loosening up, he's starting to get them again because name and, and facial recognition mm-hmm. has gone up from news radio, Fear Factor, UFC, podcast. And now people are like, well, I know who he is. I want to go and check him out. Purely on reach. It's about the reach. And this is how it amplifies your business. And your brand and your visibility and your, and your credibility and your authority. 
right? Which are all things you must be after if you're going to scale and grow and be relevant. Yeah. And I mean, remember, podcast was started in 2009. It's 2022, right? Yeah, I see. It's funny. I was watching the the one last week. It was like episode 1700 and something. I'm like, wow, that is right there alone. The, The long game, like you said, like anything, consistency over time, right, is what that is. Right. I mean, if you'd said to me, hey, you know, by next year, we're going to have 67 shows, might have been a little skeptical, right? If you say to me, we're going to be doing this together in 10 years right now, that's hard for me to wrap my mind around. It really is, yeah. But I love doing this show with you. We get a ton of great feedback. It's phenomenal for my business. You know, one of one of my clients, you, you, you saw him post the other day on our social. He said, the number one thing I'm grateful for this year is finding your content, right? Your voice, and Now man. he's a client of mine. He's your voice. My voice. Right. He wouldn't have become a client of mine if we had, he hadn't seen our show. Right. He just won. He just placed second in the in the world championships for natural bodybuilding. Wow. He's, he's a client of mine now. Cool. Right. And it, it's just about being we just show up. We just talk about what we want to talk about. We syndicate it very well, which we'll talk about next yeah, week or two. Right. We're authentic in our conversations. We're having fun. You know, I think we're remotely interesting to listen to. And we're just doing it for a long enough time that people know that we're serious about, you know, doing another one next week and they're going to tune in. Well, listen, the lady in the introduction of our show says we're, we're two very entertaining gentlemen. I mean, there's no reason she would not tell the truth and introduce in our show. Whoever she may be is a beautiful voice, but she, you know, she's, she said it, not me. But, I uh, watch our replays and I find us extremely entertaining and I, I might be <laughs> Listen, it's um, – it's so important today to do, right? It's so important today to have a voice. And again, we'll talk about the difference between video and audio, but path of least resistance is audio. And, and you don't have to be seen. So a lot of being, the being seen thing can get awkward at times if you don't have video experience. I get that, right? But just grabbing a mic, grabbing your iPhone like Russell does. I mean, he started that podcast off as marketing in the car, Here's an idea. Every time I drive, true, true story. Every time I drive to the office, I'm going to record something that is like a tip or a strategy or something I'm doing in my business that my viewers that could help my viewers. In the fitness space, I listen to mostly health and fitness podcasts, a couple business podcasts, but like I feel like I'm buried in business all day and I read quite a bit that I like to, you know, just listen to different content so I'm not all business, 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 right? But some people, you know, like to listen to business podcasts. I had a guy tell me yesterday uh, or the day before, one of our Pipeline Pro members, he said, I got to tell you, man, your podcast is my favorite. I actually went back and listened to the first 20 episodes ever because I view it as training and things that I want to revisit and come back to. It was a really great compliment. That stuff I start here, I hear all the time now going into year two. You, you're starting to hear it. You mentioned your client now as well. And it doesn't happen overnight, but over time, as your voice gets out there, people understand your personality. You might turn some people off. That's good news, by the way. If you are trying to um, impress everybody and satisfy everybody, you won't make it in any business. There, there needs to be uh, you know, certain times where you deflect and certain times where you deter and other times where you attract, right? And that's what makes a really good podcast is you're going to have different views on things and you're going to be okay with that. You don't need to be politically correct and always please everybody. That's a, that's a different problem as a business owner is when you're constantly concerned about maybe turning someone off. So it's good to get your voice out there. It's good to have opposing views. It's good to have energy and excitement and guests and talk and, Hey, you know, even if you're in something like the insurance business, 
which is not an exciting business. I've had many, many, many insurance guys that we talk to. We have a lot of financial advisors in our world, right? And they're like, but I'm in insurance. What could I ever talk about, right? So you run up against that too, is, you know, my business isn't that exciting, right? And yeah, but we had, that, we had that client not long ago that was in our coaching program that started his own podcast. Wasn't it called Two Guys Winding? Well, yeah. So yeah, so Troy is a client. Good point. Troy is in financial services, a little bit more exciting than insurance, right? And he did a really cool concept. You're right. I'm glad you brought it up. He just launched it with my help and our team's help. And he called it Two Guys Whining About Retirement. And <laughs> whining spelled W-I-N-I-N-G, no H, because they're drinking a bottle of wine during the conversations. Two guys like me and you. So two guys whining about retirement. I'm like, Troy, that's, that's genius. Brilliant. And they're just drinking a glass of wine talking about retirement strategies, right? So right. there's I mean, always something this- you can talk about. And here's the thing, when people are like, they overcomplicate it. Well, what am I going to talk about? Blah, 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 blah. Andrew, if we were sitting here right now, we'd be talking about half the topics we talk about, just you and I sitting here anyway, because that's what we're interested in. That's what we talk about, right? All we're really doing is structuring a time where we would where we talk live about the same things we talk about nonstop anyway. And, and naturally, right? because it's called sales velocity, we, we have a sales and marketing component to it. And so can you. So in my boring insurance example, there's no reason why you can't find some entertaining topics, but maybe... The insurance piece is like a tip of the week, right? Like just one little segment that you talk about and then you share stories about clients, things you're interested in. Just use it as your own version of talk radio. That's how Joe started it off. And again, it's now Eclipse TV. You might not want to Eclipse TV, but maybe you do. The bottom line is the podcast platform is here. It's been here. It's validated. The stats I showed are real. And if you don't have this form of media in your business, I think you're missing a key piece of the puzzle, which is your voice and the ability to get your personality into the marketplace for people to hear you, see you, like you, trust you. And that's really all we wanted to bring to the surface today is show you what's possible, what's working, what's happening. And next week, part two, if you jumped on a little bit late here, we're going to dig into how to do it. Some of the basic tech, um, most importantly, syndication. Most people go, well, I could easily record something for 20 minutes. I'm a really good talker, but then what do I do with it? And there are multiple steps that need to take place, whether there's video involved, audio, lights, microphone, studio. I'm going to show you my the, the software we use that actually syndicates this show live right into Facebook, which is super cool if you do Facebook Lives. So we'll talk about tactics next week. This was big picture strategy, um, specific to the Joe Rogan experience, now eclipsing the top TV news shows, which again is just unbelievable to me. And something you need to study as a business owner, watch what's working, watch what has gone stratosphere and study some of the elements of it so that you can implement a couple of those components in your business and scale. Agreed. I love talking about this stuff. I mean, I've been telling our clients for a decade, you know, the human, you know, the the human species has been conditioned to believe and trust people on a screen For 50 years since the first television was created, it's so powerful that we watched O.J. Simpson kill his wife and still get off because people believed he's the juice. He would never do such a thing. He's the he's the guy in Airplane, the movie. You know, he's 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 O.J. Simpson. He could never do such a thing. Right. Like what humans are conditioned to believe and, and trust Anybody that they see repetitively on a screen over and over and over again. And if you can create trust, 
It's very easy to sell. And interestingly today, that screen no longer has to be just TV. That's now Correct. proven, right? So now it's you no, have, you know, I've, I've, TV screen. it's any screen, it's any screen, right? So here's, here's what I'll leave you with, right? I've always felt that the most trust and credibility and sort of celebrity like feel comes from three platforms. We, we have great respect for authors. So if you're a published author, I always push to publish assets, have a book, right? My book sales velocity uh, is a, was a bestseller in 2017 on Amazon and it became the theme of the show, right? It was a great extension. So if you have a book, Think about could this could the book become could a show become ex- an extension of my book? That's number one. Number two, if you speak on stages, you and I have a vast speaking background. In fact, we met in the world of doing live events and speaking. I would say collectively between the two of us, we have probably spoke at or hosted probably a few hundred events combined, maybe more. Right. So there's we we always look to people who speak from stage. And the third one is like you said, the screen, TV or video, like we're doing right now. We look at these three forms of media as that person really knows what they're talking about. They know what they're doing. And it might not always be the case. But if you want to elevate your status, you want to be published. You want to have a voice. You want to be on stages. And if you don't want to be on stages, you should have a voice in the form of video. At least one or two of them, preferably all three. And you will be blown away at the amount of leads and client attraction that starts to set in as you do this over time. And we'll get into the tactics next week, but I wanted to leave with the analysis of where am I at going into a new year? Do I have a published asset? Do I have a voice? Am I on video? Am I on stages? If you, if you check no on all of them, you're like clawing for clients, right? Just clawing for credibility, clawing for validity, right? So think about that as your little audit as you as we wrap here at part one and go into part two. You know what? Happy Friday to all of our listeners. Happy Friday to you, my friend. I'm super glad that you you were really the one who coaxed me into doing this show. You said, we're doing a show. I'm not taking no for an answer. And I was like, ah, I don't have enough time, blah, 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 like a lot of the people would think on their end today. I don't have time. Blah, blah, blah. We carved out the time. It's been super fun for the last year. Uh, you know, it's one of the best decisions I think I've made in business in a long time. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just grateful, you know, that we get to do this every week. Did you really have to think about it that much? You said it was one of the greatest decisions ever. Like, did you sleep on this when I said, hey, we need a show? I was like, you know, whenever when everybody says to you, you got to start doing this in addition to everything else that you do in your business, you're like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. But I knew you were right, obviously, because I, you know, I could see what was happening in the world. And it was just about making that commitment to, you know, show up every single week and carve out another hour and whatever. And it's actually my favorite hour of the week. It's fun. In, in my work schedule. And it's had a tremendous impact. So if you're thinking about it as a business owner, don't think, just do. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, um, fun, right? It's fun. It's entertaining. Um, it's it's a little annoying in the beginning, which we'll talk about next week, right? It's a little annoying in the beginning because there's that setup process. So stay with us for part two because we'll move into how to make it less annoying and how to make it very doable and just how to get it into your mix as part of your habit as a business owner, something you do, whether it's weekly, monthly, bi-weekly, doesn't matter. As long as you're publishing your voice content, that's the key here. It all leads back to sales. Really, it all leads back to visibility and credibility, which leads to sales. And we talk about that quite a bit on the show and how to sell more with less resistance. This is one of the chief ways that you do it. Uh, I'm going to wrap it here, Aaron. Thanks for the nice words. Um, the show's fun. I agree. It is a, it is a, a key part of our week and the syndication process comes next. So we're going to hand this episode guys, gals to our team and we're out. So that's an important point, right? Like we're not, 
cutting videos and downloading audios and figuring out what goes where, you know, we'll show you how to get a pretty simple step-by-step process in place to take your content and syndicate it amongst many, many, many platforms all at once. So you get that multiplication effect. And we'll talk about that in part two next week. I'm Andrew. That's Aaron. We'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.